I wanted, you know, you have to take ownership and you have to want to put the work in and enjoy putting the work in and, and then use that as fuel to the fire to, to, you know, on days when you don't feel good, you're going to work. On days when you feel great, you're putting in more work and, and really just kind of push yourself to, to try to achieve excellence. You know, so one of the managers or one of the owners or somebody asked me, you know, why do you, why do you, got, why do you got to play so hard early in the season? I'm like, that's just the way I play the game. I don't know any other way. And I took my foot off the gas pedal for one game and I almost got hurt and this almost happened, like all these bad things almost happened. I'm like, you gotta go 100% all the time or it's, it's just not gonna work out. another episode of The Burn. I am Ben Newman, and you know how we do this every single week. Now, this week's different. We're in person, which I prefer. <laughs> We've had so much Zoom lately, but it's great to be in person. But every week, we're going to bring you stories of athletes, entertainers, celebrities, entrepreneurs, talking about that burn, that underlying fire that ignites their why and their purpose, that then causes them to be disciplined in the action that it takes to be their best. Talk about being their best. Normally, I don't do a lot of resume stuff, but we're doing the resume stuff because we're going to set the table and then figure out how the hell you go do all this in your life. NHL Hall of Famer. Now a St. Louis Blues Hall of Famer as well. Of course, being a, a kid from the Lou, we absolutely love that. Stanley Cup champion. NHL MVP. As a defenseman, that has happened like hardly ever in the history of the NHL and two-time gold medalist in the Olympics for his country of Canada. Chris Pronger, welcome to The Burn, my friend. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you for, for doing this. You know, it, it's unbelievable when you look at your resume. Now, you and I have had some great chats about business, about life. I want to go all the way back. Where did the passion for hard work come from? Not even hockey. Where did the passion, the burn to work come from? That's a great question. I don't know if anybody's <laughs> ever asked me that. Um, I think it's just been ingrained in me. Uh, you know, seeing my parents work hard, uh, you know, trying to keep up with the older kids. My brother's two years older, so, you know, as a young kid playing hockey, playing sports, uh, you know, life in general, being competitive, you're always trying to keep up and... and uh, as a, a youngster, you need to put in more effort and more work than they do typically. And, uh, you know, watching my grandparents work, my parents work, uh, you know, really just taking the, the cue from them and, and uh, you know, having that inner drive to want to be the best, you got to put in the work. And, and I learned early on to keep up with those older kids. I needed to put the time and effort in into learning how to skate if we were playing hockey or shooting the puck. Uh, whether I was playing baseball, pitching, or, or hitting, um, golfing, you know, practice, as we all know. <laughs> practice makes perfect in golf or quasi-perfect. Um, so it really just, just putting, in the, putting in the reps, putting in the workload, uh, and trying to improve your craft, whatever that is. And then when did the, the passion specifically for hockey, 
When did you really realize there was a fire and passion for the game of hockey? I always loved playing the game. I didn't really know if it was going to take me anywhere. You know, I'm from a small town in the middle of nowhere, Canada. At that point, there was no internet, no nothing, so you really didn't know what anybody was doing. Or you know, I was reading the Hockey Digest once a week and got a quasi view of maybe the world of hockey, but that's about it. Uh, until I went away and, and played on a few uh, travel teams and, and went down into the greater Toronto area and, and got to play against some of Canada's so-called best to, to really kind of see where you fit in and, and how your skills compare. Uh, once I did that, I was like, okay, these guys aren't that good. You know, you, they're, they're always held to this standard of, oh, well, they're from Toronto, they must be good. And when you're from a small town, you, you're thinking, wow, there's nobody around here is going to be good enough to play down there. Uh, so did that light a fire for you? Almost like, it does, yeah. watch, you have a chip. watch me take Absolutely. it to you. You have a chip on your shoulder. I got cut from a team uh, early on. I didn't put in the necessary work. I didn't... Uh, there was some politics involved, but I didn't put in the work. Uh, and I think I was 15 at the time. And it was uh, eye-opening on a number of fronts. And, and it was really more, okay, well, don't give them that opportunity next. Make sure you're in the best shape possible. Make sure you're as prepared as possible. And as we know with failure, once, once you feel that once, you don't want to feel it again. And you want to feel success. And you want to feel uh, the euphoria of, of competition and winning. And so, you know, once I had that one blemish on my record, <laughs> I didn't want to didn't want to feel that again. So I uh, I put the hammer down as far as training and preparing and things of that nature. All right. So now we're, now we're getting to the real burn. <laughs> so it was people telling you from this tiny little town and then getting cut. Yeah. So I always like to talk about there's so many people in the world today, and we see it in so many different forms. Everybody wants to tell you how great they want to be, but then the action really tells the story. So did it really become one of those things where you flipped a switch after getting cut where you said, I'm not going back there. I'm, I will never let that happen again. Yeah, I think it, it was a process of understanding and learning and maturing and, and realizing what it was going to take to get to that level and, and be the, the best that you can possibly be. And, and you're hopeful that you can be the best player possibly ever. I mean, that's ultimately the goal. And so you got to put in the time and effort. And, and really for me in my NHL career, that's, that happened my second year here in, in St. Louis, my fourth year pro. I hurt my shoulder, I had a sore knee, and I went, went and met with Charles Poliquin, who became my trainer. And I walked in, and I literally took four steps, and he looked at me and he's like, you got a bad right knee? I'm like, yeah. He's like, you got a bad left shoulder? I go, yeah. All by walking, watching me walk four steps. And I changed my diet, I changed how I trained, I changed everything. And as you know, with training, it's a process. By the second or third training camp after working with him, I was a beast. And that's around the time when I won the MVP. Um, and, and my career kind of really started to take off. And, and the potential and, and the, you know, what can this kid possibly be? started to come to fruition and I started to become the player that Mike Keenan saw when he traded for me here in St. Louis and then ultimately what I wanted, you know, you have to take ownership and you have to want to put the work in and enjoy putting the work in and, and then use that as fuel to the fire to, to, you know, on days when you don't feel good, you're going to work. On days when you feel great, you're putting in more work. 
and, and really just kind of push yourself to, to try to achieve excellence. So that's, I, I love hearing this from you, no, no surprise to the level that you took your life in terms of sports and what you do outside of the game. I always talk about no seduction of success. There's so many athletes, you win an MVP as a defenseman, which, I mean, that does not happen, right? <laughs> not very often. <laughs> so, I mean, you're one of, the best def- one of the best to ever play your position. So many guys, they just get satisfied. Yet what you just said is so remarkable that I hope everybody captured it. You said on the tough days, you did what you had to do, and on the good days, you gave even more. So how did you keep yourself from being seduced by success? Because at this point, winning MVPs, Stanley, I mean, gold medals, I mean, you're, you're competing at the highest level. What kept you going? Yeah, I could, you know what, and I hear you talk about it all the time, legacy. What, what are you leaving the next person? What are you leaving the fan on a night-in, night-out basis? What are you leaving your teammates with? What are you leaving your organization with? Uh, I know when we won the cup in, in Anaheim in 07, I was working out, you know, I let my body heal, and then I was working out probably a week later. And I had a lot of teammates that were, they didn't do anything. You know, that, you know, I, I got into camp, I was worried about some of them because they were terrible. They were in terrible shape. They were, you know, they kind of sat back and enjoyed, which is natural to a certain degree, but one's not good enough. You know, winning once, you feel that euphoria of, of achievement and, and success and, you know, fulfilling a lifelong dream. And then it's like, okay, I got to do it next year. And I, need, I want to do it the next year. And some people have that ingrained in them. Some people have that DNA. And some people don't. And they're happy with just being a part, part of the ride and, and just being a, another person along for the ride as opposed to, okay, I want to be the guy. You know, I used to tell the young guys, as I learned throughout the beginning of my career, you got to show up every single day. Somebody, you know, I know Michael Jordan talked about in The Last Dance. Somebody in the building is there to watch you. Somebody paid good money to come watch you perform. You need to be here every single time you show up. And so I tried, you know, some, one of the managers or one of the owners or somebody asked me, you know, why do you, why do you, got, why do you got to play so hard early in the season? I'm like, that's just the way I play the game. I don't know any other way. And I took my foot off the gas pedal for one game and I almost got hurt and this almost happened, like all these bad things almost happened. I'm like, you got to go 100% all the time or it's, it's just not going to work out. So I, <laughs> I learned a number of valuable lessons, but number one was go hard all the time, preseason, regular season, playoffs, just go. So when you go that way, you create a legacy and you have left a hell of a legacy. Here, here in St. Louis, you've left an amazing legacy on the community, on what you did on the ice. Great picture that your wife posted just a few <laughs> days ago. Yeah. And it's, it's on Instagram, and she takes this picture of you sitting in seats, and the Blues had to have done this on purpose. They put you underneath your 44, which just recently went into the rafters, and they put you on the Jumbotron with an opportunity to chug a beer. So it's almost like the celebration, <laughs> the celebration. <laughs> so... Tell me about tell me about that moment. <laughs> Wasn't so much about chugging beer. That was quasi impromptu, but we've all seen uh, people do that at basketball games and different events. So I was like, well, I guess we'll get the crowd going. And I saw the camera kind of <laughs> cue in over here, and 
I was like, I had just taken like four fries down, and I was like, oh boy, oh boy. I had to get those down quickly before I grabbed this beer. I'm like, okay, well, I guess we're going to do this. Chugged the beer, and uh, yes, I was underneath the uh, beloved 44 and took a great pick, but uh, it was a lot of fun, uh, you know, getting the crowd into it and then obviously being underneath my number. So you've set quite an example. I mean, that, that is legacy. I mean, seeing your jersey up in the rafters, what is that feeling like for you, for your family? It's, uh, you know, incredibly humbling and, and proud to see it up there uh, coming from nowhere, Canada. Uh, if I showed you where my hometown was, you'd go, ooh, man, that's up there. Uh, but, uh, uh, you know, getting off to a bit of a rocky start in, in my career and, and, again, hitting different adversities both when I started in Hartford and then my first year here in St. Louis, that's, you know, I've talked about a number of times. Um, you know, you talk about legacy, you talk about forks in the road, you talk about putting in the work, but also, you know, failure and pushing through different adversity. If life was easy, if sport was easy, everybody would be able to do it. And there's a select few that are willing to push through, whether it's the pain of working out or the, you know, the grueling workouts or pushing through injury to succeed and, and win championships, uh, whatever the case may be, you have to uh, be a select person in, in this life to be able to, to A, want to push yourself through that, those pain points or failures and things like that, and, and B, have the wherewithal to, to learn from them make the correction, and then execute and, and go on to have success from there. And, uh, you know, I've been fortunate enough to, to have a lot of great teammates. Playing a team sport, it's, it's about those around you and, and how you are able to kind of mesh and, and form chemistry to, to execute and, and play to a high level. And uh, I've been fortunate enough to play with some of the best. So th this is your, your hockey career, which is incredible. I love hearing you talk about all these things. I'm actually going to share something with everybody, which many people may not know, <clears throat> which is when I realized, in, in my opinion, observing, watching you as a player, now being a friend, how you show up in life, when I was like, this is why the guy was all the favor. <laughs> so Lauren and Chris have an amazing company called Well Inspired Travel. And you book really amazing experiences. So after you and I had lunch last year, I said, I want to plan this trip for Amy, and we want to go someplace special, and we were celebrating big, and you said, I got you. And you set us up with Aminyara down in Turks and Caicos, absolutely beautiful property. And then I had told you, I said, you know, we've rented boats in the past. we got to get a boat. we got to get a boat. You're like, I got you. We'll get you a boat. So we arranged the boat. <laughs> we're coming home from our first night and all of a sudden, I get a phone call from Chris. And it's like, I mean, it's probably 10.30 at night, darn near 11 o'clock at night. Uh, ben, we got, we got a problem. Um, your boat was canceled. And we're supposed to leave on this boat like the next morning. Seven in the morning. And this is seven <laughs> in the morning. This is like the big surprise for, for Amy, right? And he goes, but I got you. I've been working on this for hours. We are going to get this taken care of. And you literally found us another boat, which I think probably ended up being better than the first <laughs> boat, had all the food, everything that was promised in a matter of hours. And I remember saying to you on the phone, I said, Chris, brother, this is why you were a Hall of Famer. <laughs> because so many people don't realize, like in life, when you do something, go do it right. It doesn't matter what you're doing. Yes, there's a lot of people who will never get to get on the ice, and but you've taken that to no matter what you do in life. And I remember after I said that to you, I hung up the phone, I said to Amy again, I'm like, 
this is unbelievable. I said, Chris did not have to do this. He could have literally been like, brother, no boat. I'll work, I'll work on it. But, I mean, you were taking... There's a great pool there. You'll have fun. <laughs> you took time away from your family. So, I mean, what is it in you, right? Because that, that, to me, that's the real legacy that your kids are going to realize. When my dad does something, he's going all in. Yeah, I learned early on you can't just put a, a big toe in. You're either jumping all in and pushing all your chips in or you're taking them all out and you're not doing it. it uh, if it's not done to 100% of your ability and, and uh, to the best possible uh, way that you can do it and you can imagine it, then I don't want to do it. I don't want to be a part of it. And, uh, you know, I think early on when Lauren and I were talking about this business and talking about doing it, uh, that's, that was the vision and that was the goal and mindset was to... You know, if you're going to run a company and you're going to run a business, there, I mean, essentially you're available 24-7 and, uh, and you're making sure that the experiences that you're providing to your customers and clients are, are set up and managed and, and walked all the way through to the finish line so that they have the types of experiences that, that they're asking for and, frankly, you're telling them they're going to get. So, thank you, but... Uh, <laughs> Uh, you know, I think for, for me and, and for Lauren, it's just a matter of that's the customer service that we tell you we're going to provide, and we provide it. Well, Amy and I appreciate it, you. and uh, you've already created more memories for us that are right in front of us, so I can't wait for those, and hopefully you'll be enjoying yes. your evening, and I'll be texting you going, it's all smooth, it's all smooth. Just got here. <laughs> Final question. We got we to tease. I, I'm so grateful that you're going to be part of the Mental Toughness Forum that we're going to do from August 2nd through the 6th with... Champions like you in life, individuals who have performed at the highest level, talking about the importance of mental toughness. Uh, I just want a little teaser because people are going to have to join us for, yeah. the, for this big event. But you are known as one of the toughest guys to ever get on the ice, right? So physical. So we know you had the physical toughness. How important is mental toughness? Uh, huge, especially in a physical sport like hockey is. You know, whether it's the, the bumps and bruises, the... The ups and downs of a long season, the wins, the losses, um, you know, playing through pain, playing through injury, playing through difficult circumstances, whether it be with fans, with what's going on in your personal life and being able to block that out and just showing up and, and the three hours you're at the rink, that's your solace, that's your, you're, you're kind of blocking everything out, you're just immersed in playing the game and that's it. And I was able to, you know, create those boundaries when I'm at the rink and when I'm playing. Everything else that's going on around me, <laughs> it could be all falling apart, but when I'm at the rink, I'm, I'm there focused on that. Everything else is blocked out. I'm not thinking about anything else. I'm solely focused on the guy I'm lined up against. Who do I need to shut down? You know, what, what from the video have I noticed that I need to implement right now? What did I just see in previous plays? Always kind of scanning to see what, is anything different? Uh, are they, are they, is the other team doing anything different that I need to adjust my focus and adjust the way that I'm going to play them? And, and really just staying in the moment and, and staying focused on the task at hand and not really worrying about things that are already controlled that can be dealt with three or four hours later, what have you, the, you know, health issues, whatever it is. And, and uh, um, yeah, I, le I, I learned that early on in my junior career and then was able to kind of add that as I went through the early parts of my NHL career and 
<laughs> getting booed in Hartford, getting booed in St. Louis, you know, the difficult circumstances that began my career and to use that as, as, a, as a chance to strengthen my, uh, my moxie, if you will, and, and uh, apply that to the rest of my career and go, going through difficult injuries, you know, difficult inflection points in a season when you've got, whether it's injuries, losing situations, and you're trying to figure out where are we and, uh, and, and just realize it, it's 100% and, and try to rally the troops, get everybody on board and, and get the ship going in the right direction again. I appreciate you, how you show up in life. Thank you. It, uh, it's awesome. It, you. It's such an example of what it means to attack. And I just want to share a couple things that I've pulled because I, I hope you were paying attention the way that I was paying attention. <laughs> you know, I always believe that it's the details where you'll find your edge. And if you pay attention to so many of Chris's answers throughout this burn episode, you'll realize that he had belief in himself at an early age, right? Knew that burn, that competitive spirit. When I fail, I'm going to get back up and attack things differently. All the way down to, how about walking into the doctor's office, the doctor sees him, he adjusts how he eats. He's going to adjust his nutrition. He's going to adjust how he trains. Then if you just heard in his answer, he talked about breaking down game film. What I see on film, I then have to make my adjustments on the ice. And then you talk about finding that solace, that three hours when you're on the ice. So just because you may not be in the NHL, just because you may not be competing as a professional athlete, I know that if you connect to your burn and you find your edge in every little detail the way that Chris has, you can attack life and achieve at your highest possible level. It may not be gold medals, <laughs> may not be Stanley Cups, may not be a Hall of Fame, but go win whatever your Stanley Cup is in your life and your gold medals, and you go become a Hall of Famer at whatever it is that you do what you do in your life. So, Chris, I appreciate you, brother. Thank you, sir. Thanks for coming on The Burn. Thank you. This episode of The Burn Podcast is powered by BenNewmanCoaching.com, your number one source for increasing consistency in your life and building the mental toughness habits required to live the life of your dreams. From self-paced courses to live coaching with Ben and everything in between, head over to BenNewmanCoaching.com and join the thousands of members working to unlock their peak performance every day.